All right, uh, good morning. Uh, my name's Andy. I'm with the For the Nations team. Uh, we try to send people all over the world, short term, long term. Uh, so if you're interested in doing that, uh, our team is uh, at, uh, out, out in the uh, breezeway there, with, usually with green shirts on, uh, but would love to chat with you guys afterwards. Um, Hey, I want to thank too. I just want to thank the, the band, the production team, the setup team, the teardown team. Every week people put all of this. This doesn't just happen. Um, you know, we're in a high school, right? So can we just thank them? Yeah. I mean, the, the slides being right, the only time that we, you know, look back is when the slide like doesn't change. And we're like, what's wrong with that guy, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're not like that at all. Um, you're like, you're ruining my worship here. It's like, no, dude, that guy's been here since six, having, has, setting up the screen so you can worship, okay? So give him a little grace. So um, uh, here's the question we want to start with today. Um, who wants, and you don't have to raise your hand, by the way, okay? Who wants... Who doesn't want more intimacy? You can say it positive or negative. Who doesn't want more intimacy? More intimacy with your spouse, more intimacy with your kids, more intimacy with your friends, more intimacy with God. You know, it's rare that you meet people and they're like, yeah, well, I met God and, and our relationship was really growing that first year. And then we just kind of plateaued and I just figured I'm good, right? Like uh, that, uh, that I'm, I'm good being a plateauer. No, you don't, you don't typically hear that, you know? And I was going to, crack a joke about how we have this great counseling center. And if that's you, you know, you can go and see them. But, but really, honestly, it's, it's all of us, isn't it? Like we can get comfortable in our relationship with God. And we can say, man, I, I, I do church about this many times. I give a little money. I pray when I got hard times. And here's the message that God wants to tell you this morning. He wants more of you. He wants more of you, not your gifts and abilities, not your talent, not your money. He just wants more of you. Just think about that for a minute. He's alive and he wants to spend more time with you. And so here's the question is for 2022, how do we receive more intimacy with God? And here's our bottom line. Prayer is one of the best ways to receive more intimacy with God to get more of God, to receive more of his presence, to be nearer to him, prayer is one of the best ways to receive that. You see this over and over in the Bible, right? Not always, and it's not always from a place of like joy and rainbows. Like you look at um, Habakkuk um, or, or uh, Jeremiah, some of these Old Testament prophets, and they were near to God, but their life wasn't always going great but they were near to God and God met them when times were difficult. Or you think about the New Testament, you think about Anna, the prophetess, right? That widow, she was widowed at a young age. And then she starts going to the temple day and night, it says, fasting and praying. We named our daughter Anna because we want her life, all of our kids' lives to, to, to be about nearness to God. It's the thing that we pray for them more than anything else is that they would be near to God. That's what we want. That's all we care about. McDonald's, what, what, doesn't matter what they do. I don't, I, not, if you work at McDonald's, no, I'm not throwing any shade on you, okay? Um, McDonald's is, is great. P. Terry's is better, okay? So, um, amen, all the Austinites said? Come on, come on. We live in Austin, guys. Don't go to McDonald's. Um, 
Uh, or, or you look at David, right? Other, other examples of people having great intimacy with God. The Psalms is chalked filled with all these intimate prayers and songs where, where David is interacting. That's why he's called a man after God's own heart. Psalm 63, probably one of my favorites. Here, here's a little bit of it. It says, oh, he says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water, right? So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory, because this is one of my favorite parts, because your steadfast love is better than life. He thought the love of God for him was better than his own life. Have you ever experienced the love of God like that? If you haven't, Maybe, maybe, maybe when you said yes to God, when you first responded to Jesus, it, you felt like that. But maybe it's been a long time since you felt like that. Man, start with that confession. God, I want, I want to feel like David. That's why the Psalms are given to us, so that we can say things like David said, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I, as I live. And in your name, I will lift my hands. Prayer is communication with God. And you can get a pretty good litmus test of how your relationship with God is doing based on your prayer life, okay? And, 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 and it's true, like communication is, is a great litmus test for any relationship. You think about the last date that you went on, right? You probably judged that date, how that date was, the quality of that relationship by what communication looked like. If there was very little communication or very little depth, it's like, Probably not gonna, I'll call you, okay, right? Unless it's your spouse. And then we got a, we got a great counseling center, right? Um, and we really do. And, and there's nothing wrong with going to counseling, friends. Seriously. Uh, so many of my friends go to counseling. And, um, and so it's a great thing. But, but we judge relationship based on communication. And so, so the reason we're, man, and if your prayer life isn't great, and you're just like starting to feel shame and, and some guilt, like, we're not bringing these things up today to condemn you. Jesus is rather, he is inviting you to more intimacy with himself. Amen? That's what he wants. That's what, that, go back to what we said at the beginning. He wants more of you. And prayer is one of the ways that you get to go back and forth with God. Okay, he's ready to be closer to you. So our text today is, is Matthew uh, 21, 22. So yep, here's, I'm a dad so I can make dad jokes, right? You're totally gonna remember the reference, 21, 22, huh? Right, come on. We just went from the year 21, to, come on. But you're gonna remember it now, right? Okay, it doesn't matter if you didn't like it. I'm a dad, I get lots of grace in that space. Here we go. So, so what happens, this part in Matthew 21 is Jesus had just come into Jerusalem, right? They just did the Hosanna, laid down the branches and the coats and they went and spent the night outside of Jerusalem. Now they're coming back into Jerusalem. This is during the Passion Week and, and Jesus is hungry. They're walking back toward Jerusalem and Jesus is hungry, sees a fig tree. There's no figs on it. He's like, I, I'm, may no fruit ever come from you again. And it withers at once. And the disciples are like, how could this happen? Which is such a crazy thing to say. They've been with Jesus for a while. Um, and, and then Jesus says this. He says, he says to them, this is verse 21. He says, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And here's our key verse, verse 22. 
And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Now, this wasn't a one-off. You'll see the references up here. About six or seven different times, Jesus says specifically, whatever you ask in prayer, it will be given to you. Right, we've got one in the great. Uh, I'm sorry, in the in the Sermon on the Mount, we've got multiple times in John 14 and John 15. It says it twice. We're going to look at one of those later, and again in John 16, we'll look at another one later on, and so again and again. And so this it's this crazy phrase, and we're not quite sure how to deal with it if we're honest. Amen. Like even right now, some of you are like, I I want to believe that, but my experience has been kind of a mixed bag. Amen. There's some mystery that goes into, and so in a second here, I'm, I'm going to show you something to help you think about what, what's, what's happening in your heart. I'll just share some of mine, because for me, it's, it's this both sides, right? On one hand, I've got, I've got some joy and some confidence, some thankfulness. I'm, I'm really hopeful for things that God's done, like our friend Chris, right, and his wife. They were goers um, in India. They came back for COVID, had a baby, uh, and, then, and then found out Chris gets cancer, right? And, and, um, uh, and then they began to pray that this was uh, last year that by Christmas, that his scans would come back. And guess what? A bunch of people were praying. They made t-shirts to pray for him. I got his t-shirt on underneath here, right? And, and uh, love these guys. And guess what? Christmas time, his scans came back clear, right? And he's in remission. God did it. It's so awesome. Yeah, you can, you can clap for that. Um, and we've seen that. Like over and over, it happened again. Or I think about goers that we have in the Middle East, right? In this last year, they were reporting some of the amazing things God did in the Middle East. And, and this one team saw 10 different Muslims begin to follow Jesus. And now these Muslims are sharing with their families and their friends, and they're, they're praying that the gospel continues to go out. These are, these are things that fill me with a lot of hope. But <laughs> there's this other side, Amen. This, there's this other side when we think about prayer and it causes feelings like, like discipline. when I did this for myself a few weeks ago, I just wrote down like, when I think about prayer, there's also a part of me that can be disappointed or frustrated. I can feel exposed or confused at best. I don't know what to do. Like I think of another friend named Steve Smith who, who has seen amazing things happen. So many people, um, him and his team, uh, we're uh, uh, doing all this crazy, amazing stuff in China. And all these Chinese people, unreached people, are worshiping Jesus today because of their team. And then he came back to America for a while. And then he spent the last part of his life trying to um, help people reach unreached peoples. He started this new initiative. And about a year later, he comes down with liver cancer. And we, we, we made these bracelets. We make bracelets for people all the time so that we can remember we're praying for our buddy David right now to, to, that, that God would heal them of cancer. And, and we're just like, we put his name on, on, the, on, the, on the thing. And we'd seen like five people before him been healed of cancer and, and in remission. And we're just like, God's gonna do it again, just like he's done in the past. And our family's praying for Steve. We're all wearing the bracelets. My son, who was like 13 years old at the time, is praying for Steve Smith like every night that he'd be healed. And I'm just like, it's going to happen again. It's going to be so great. It's going to build our faith. And then he dies. And I'm like, what was that, God? 
That's not the way it went the other times. Why did it have to go? Especially my son's praying every night, God. What do we do? What do we do with that? So I want you to take some time, both uh, on, on whatever the mixed bag is for you. I don't know if you can see this little emotional wheel. So I'm, I, I, I don't have a very good emotional vocabulary, okay? And I don't know how to describe sometimes things that are happening in my heart, but I wanted to give you just like a few minutes or a few, uh, a few uh, minutes to look at this wheel. And I know it's kind of hard to see, but you can start with the emojis, right? If you can't see the wheel, if you're way in the back, just take out your emoji thing and you can start picking emojis, okay? That represent, like when you hear these verses about pray whatever you, whatever you, whatever you want, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you, what's going on in your heart? Just spend 30 seconds and, and, and maybe take out the note section in your phone and just jot down. What, what's going on in my heart right now as I think about prayer and how I've interacted with God in prayer, okay? Just take a few minutes. It's just gonna be silent. It'll be okay. Friends, there's, there's a good bit of mystery and confusion mixed in with our faith, and God's okay with that. He wants us to be honest with him, amen? God wants us to be honest with him about what's going on in our hearts. When we feel confused or exposed or disappointed, he wants us to tell us that. You read the Psalms and you see it again and again. Um, the Bible does have thoughts on unanswered prayers, right? It's not just Garth Brooks' song, you know? I'm a Garth Brooks fan. I don't know if you, I, I like him at least. Some Garth Brooks fans, some of you are like, who's, who's that, you know? Um, and uh, it's okay. And he wrote a song called Unanswered Prayers. But they're really not unanswered, right? That's really not the best phrase. God just responded in, in a way that was different than we expected and the Bible has some thoughts to say, we're not really gonna focus on this, but I wanted to give you at least a starter of, of what the Bible says about, th- uh, about when, when prayers happen and, or God's response is different than what we experience. The first one is this, that his ways are not our ways. That's what it says in Isaiah 55. His ways are not our ways. Number two, we ask with impure motives sometimes or impure passions, James 4 talks about. Or we have, number three, we have unconfessed sin in our lives and that's impacting our relationship with God. And so it affects, I don't know how it all works, but it affects our prayers. It affects the relationship, right? Because we're not being honest with God. Or number four, we have doubts. We lack faith, right? And, and again, I, like I said, we're not gonna focus on this today, but I wanted to leave you with a resource. You can go to a website called desiringgod.org Desiring God with two G's.org. And I want you to, you can type in this uh, phrase when God answers no to our prayers, 
There's like a 10, 12 minute podcast that's really helpful that begins to unpack some of these things. And there's, there's a load of, of great resources on that website, specifically about prayer and when God responds differently than we ask. A guy named John Bloom, who works with the Desiring God, said this about our very text that we're in today, Matthew 21, 22. He said this, he said, and Jesus knows it's hard for us too. He knows this promise, this promise of giving us whatever we ask if we have faith. He knows this promise presses us beyond our limits. He means it to. That's why he made it. He's drawing us beyond what we've yet seen and experienced. And he's calling out a trust in us that we don't think we have and are scared to really exercise. Jesus Jesus' purpose is not to shame us for a little faith. He's inviting us to come further up and further in. That's a little bit of a Narnia reference if you're a Narnia fan, right? To come nearer to God. That's, what that, that's the bottom line of that last part. He wants, he's inviting us today to come closer to himself. So again, that's our bottom line. Prayer is one of the best ways to receive more intimacy with God. Here's how that plays out. Look at John 15. John 15, you guys remember that's the whole, the father's the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine and we're the branches, right? That's that whole chapter, right? Here's what it says in verse seven. Abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And Jesus gives us one of the biggest insights into prayer here, that prayer is more about the relationship with him than, it's, than it is about getting what we want. Prayer is more about the relationship with him, our connectedness to the vine. If this is the vine and this is the branch, it's more about that than it is about what is produced or not, right? And when we pray, it communicates trust. And what requires trust um, brings more intimacy. And whether our expectations are met or not, right? When we get the answer prayer and the scans come back, right? And they're clear, we, we grow in our trust of the vine, But here's the thing, it can happen the same way when our expectations aren't met. Think about one of your close friends, right? And when you've broken trust or you felt like they broke trust with you, you feel like they've broken trust, you have a couple different options how to proceed in that relationship. Number one, you you could just not trust them again and the relationship could just, just fade and it loses all of its love. You stop hanging out with that person. You're not gonna be around them. You're like, they, that, that was it. That was that one, one shot. Number two, you act like that you trust them, but you really don't. And so the relationship is fake. The relationship is fake. Some of you haven't been honest with God about the hurt maybe that you're carrying from prayers that didn't go the way that you thought they were. Have you been honest with God? The third one is you risk it again and you trust them fully and, 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 and uh, there's way more life in that relationship. So rather than turning away, you lean in, right? This is, this is one of the beautiful things that happens in marriage again and again. We con- I constantly let my wife down. And yet she doesn't walk away from me each time that I break our trust. No, she leans towards me. She gives me another opportunity to say, this is what my love for you really looks like. God wants to do that for us, friends. This is the key to uh, relationship and intimacy. 
God wants us to come to him again and again. He's calling us. He's inviting us this morning. He was talking to the disciples and he told them the, the parable of the persistent widow. You guys remember that one where the widow goes around and says, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And the judge finally says, okay, you can have it. And Jesus says, this is what I want, this is disciples. I don't want you to lose heart and I want you to keep praying. And so we're gonna do something a little different. We don't usually do this, but it's a new year, right? And, and I don't get to preach to downtown very often. So I, I get to decide. So that's kind of fun, huh? And, and, and we're just gonna pray with each other. And, and some of you, it's like your first time here and you're like, man, I, I just wanted to come in, be anonymous. And so I, you know, if this is awkward for you, I'm sorry, but it's okay, friends. Like what a family does is a family embraces awkwardness, Amen. You just hung out with your family and I know there were some awkward times. Some of you just faked the COVID test so you didn't have to do the awkwardness. Yeah, I know who you are, right? Or I don't, but God does. And, and it's okay, you know? But, but it's okay, man, just introduce yourself. And here's what I want you to pray. It's even up here. Like in 2022, that we would not, we're not done. We're only about halfway through. But that in 2022, we would not lose heart and we would keep praying. So meet the person next to you and just lean over twos and threes and then just pray this for each other for just a few minutes and then we'll come back together, okay? Go ahead. God, thanks so much. Thanks so much that you hear our prayers. Uh, help us to be like that persistent, persistent widow. No matter how we're feeling, I pray that we'd keep coming back to you, knowing that you're trustworthy, knowing that all your promises are yes in Jesus. Make us a praying people, not just for the sake of prayer, God, but for the sake of relationship, for the sake of intimacy, for the sake of knowing this great love that you have for us. Would we be that people Please help us, God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So let's go back to our verse, Matthew 21, 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith, if you have faith. So the last part of the sermon, the last part of the talk this morning is gonna be how do we keep faith, 
right? We want to receive what we ask for. So how do we keep faith? Okay. Got a little acronym for you. I promise I didn't spend hours on this. It just came. I had these four points. Two of them already started with these letters. It just came in like two minutes. Okay. So um, if you don't like um, acronyms, sorry about that, but I think you might remember it, right? It's pray. Okay. So here it is. People right? I know. It's like, of course it's pray. I promise I didn't spend out. It literally came Monday morning and the Lord just gave it to me. And I'm like, I'll be judged. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, I, that's, that's totally fine. So here it is. Here, here's the keys to keeping faith, man. This is just Bible, right? It's people. It's, it's remember. It's audacious. And it yield. It's yield. It yields prayer, faith, yields, needs to be yielding, okay? This is what it looks like to keep faith, okay? We're going to walk through each of these. So P, um, have two or three people that you're praying with. The P stands for people. Have two or three people that you're praying with. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 18, another example of, of, of the whatever. He said, if two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them also, right? So here's the two practical things. Set people and set times. Have a, a group of people and, and certain times that you pray, right? Like, I, I, like just in general, if, you're, if you wrote down one of the things you wanna do in 22 is like, I wanna pray more, that's a good start, but you have to go past that, right? Like, who are you gonna pray with, right? We were made to pray with people, amen? That's why the Lord's Prayer starts with our, O-U-R, our Father, because it's a collective thing. And yes, there should be times where we're alone on the mountainside, but there also should be more times in our life where we're praying with God's people. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not a very good alone prayer. But if I have some people in my life and I know that these are the times that we're praying, all of a sudden I, I build some confidence in prayer. My wife and I were in a, in a, a group called a Disciple Making Intensive um, uh, a few years ago and, and everybody had kids and we're like, well, what's prayer gonna look like, right? Because we've committed a part of this Disciple Making Intensive thing um, uh, was that every week we prayed for an hour together, but everybody's got kids. So how do you pray with kids, right? Uh, you, you don't, no, I'm just kidding, you do. Actually, people have been doing it for, for centuries. And so the, the, the dads had an early morning time, 6 a.m. At, at the coffee shop. And then the moms did Wednesdays at 6 a.m. And, and, and it was great. And I, I mean, I just talked to uh, some friends of ours that um, did one of these DMIs. And they said, man, the prayer times were the times where they felt. So if you don't have anybody, here's a shameless plug. In, in, a, in, a, in about a month and a, a, a little over a month, uh, right after Valentine's Day, that week, February 15th, we're gonna start these disciple-making intensives. And if you don't have a group of people to pray with or you don't know what it looks like to really make disciples, that's what these groups are all about. And you can sign up for one and you can be a part of a group of people that's learning how to pray and learning how to make disciples, okay? But for, for, my, for my wife, Jamie and I, the reason that we enter into prayers because we have it with other people. We have set times and set peoples. And, and, and so here's, what, here's my, the challenge, right? You guys are a part of, of MCs. Start praying. Like pick, and maybe you're like, oh, we just can't figure out a day. Here's a way to alleviate not knowing what day to pray. For the next two weeks, pray every day. That's what they did in the Bible, right? You read Acts 2. 
Pray every day for the next two weeks. And if you're like early morning cats, maybe you've got a, you know, a 6 a.m. slot, and then maybe, maybe some of you guys are late night cats, and so you want to do 10 p.m. I don't care, but pray every day with your, with your people, right? Like we, I just, like we have a greater prayer capacity than we know, Amen. We do. We have a greater capacity than a lot of different, like, dude, if Chick-fil-A said, we're going to be handing out free chicken minis for the, the next two weeks, my family would figure out how to get there. Amen? Dude, and yours would too. Your whole, you'd be calling everybody like, let's make a Chick-fil-A. I know, free chicken minis. And like, dude, entering in with prayer, it's going to feel a little awkward, but it's better than Christian chicken, I promise. Okay? It is better. And what happens is after those two weeks, after those two weeks, you're going to be like, oh, we can pray like three times a week and it's going to seem like a piece of cake. Amen? And so show everybody in your group that you have a greater prayer capacity than you actually do. Get some people, set some times, enter in. Okay, here's the R. Here's the R. Remember Remember, look back to fight doubt. Remember what God has done in the past to have faith in the present. Remember, look, look, look at what God's done in the past to, to have faith in the present. The disciples, you know, it's so funny. We, we kind of joked about it earlier. They said, how, how did the fig tree wither at once? I mean, are you kidding me? Guys, they'd been, with, they'd been with Jesus for three years. They'd seen uh, lame people walk, blind people healed, lepers like cleansed instantly. The, their, their friend Lazarus was raised from the dead for crying out loud. And they're like, how could that happen to the fig tree? I mean, what the what? The what? I mean, what are they doing, right? It doesn't make any sense. And yet when I think about my own life, I'm like that, Amen. Forgetting quickly the things that God's done in the past. Jesus was talking about another example in Matthew 16 when he was teaching them about faith. And he, he's talking to the disciples. He says, because they were worrying about what was going to be for lunch. And he said, oh, you of little faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Have you not perceived? Do you not remember? There's our key word. Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets were gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many baskets were gathered? Man, we forget. You mean you see this in the Old Testament too, right? They set up these things called Ebenezers, these, these rocks of remembrance. And whether it was a big stone or they make little piles of stone, and they put them everywhere to remember what God had did so they didn't forget so that when they walked by that pile of rocks, they remembered. I had a friend in Colorado, and he lived in the Rockies, right? So he had lots of rocks around. And he would do this. All, he ran a camp, and he... All over camp, he had these little piles. And one time we were out there, I was like, Joe, what are all these piles of rocks? He's like, dude, I do that to remember. That's what this one represents. That's what this one represents. And so, and, and he literally did this. So if you want to have piles of rocks, we're not going to hand out rocks at the end of service or anything like that. But, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a couple minutes again, pull out your phone, go to the notes section. And I want you to think back for sure on, on 2021. And maybe you need to go back a little further. That's okay. And I want you to think about what are some of the rocks? What are the, some of the ways that God has met you powerfully when you've cried out to him? And, and, and I think God wants us to remember uh, this morning. Okay, so just, we're just going to take a couple minutes. Go ahead and jot those down. Uh, and, and then we'll come back together.
God, thanks uh, for all the things that you've done. I think about money that you've raised, leaders that you've raised up. I thank you for our time in Lebanon. I thank you for uh, specific prayers that you answered there. I just thank you, God, for the ways that you have met us in our lives. Help us to be rememberers, God. People that look back on how you've met us in the past and, then, and that helps fuel our faith so that we would have courage to boldly ask you, for the things that we need now. We love you and pray this in your name. And the church agreed and said, amen, amen. So we've got P stands for people, R stands for, and A stands for audacious. Audacious, the definition of audacious, showing a willingness to, to, to take surprisingly bold risks. The word whatever is probably the thing over the last few weeks that's just gotten me again and again when it says, ask whatever you wish. The, the, the word, what, I mean, Jesus could have chose whatever word and he chose the word whatever. He could have said, ask for really big things. Like, remember, he's the creator of the universe, right? He, he could have said, he, but he uses this word whatever. The word whatever is an invitation to audacity, Amen. It's an invitation to audacious asks. He wants to, like, pretend, you guys know, you guys heard of this guy named Elon Musk, right? He's moved to town. Let's pretend that he moved in and became our neighbor, right? We live up in, in uh, far west and uh, just off of Mopac there. Let's say he moved into our neighborhood and, uh, and, and, we, and my kids make friends with other kids really well and I'm super biased. Um, but, but let's say that he make, they, our kids make friends with their kids and a, and a month into it, Elon comes over and, and just says, hey man, my kids are like happier than they've ever been. And, and your kids are like amazing. I'll give you whatever you want. Just, just name it. I mean, I'm like the richest guy in the world and I'm gonna I'm own Mars pretty soon. And like, what, what, it's anything you want. It's your, like the, the happiness of my children, there's nothing more important. And I'm like, maybe could I have a, a Tesla 3? And, and he's like, of course. I mean, you could have every color of Tesla. Like, and, and, and so that's what we come to, I mean, at least ask for a truck, right? Like, uh, and, and, and even a truck, right? He's like, he's telling me he wants to give me anything. And I just ask for one vehicle. That's how we come to God so often, Amen. Because we, we, we and, and God is not just the, the richest guy in the world that lives next to us. God is our father. Here's, a, here's another story to illustrate how I think God wants us to come to us. Uh, a few Christmases ago, I was talking to a good friend and um, he happens to be a very wealthy friend. Uh, and, uh, and I was just talking to him and his 13 year old daughter came up to us and I said, hey, how's it going? She's like, good. I said, you're excited about Christmas? And she said, yep. I said, what, do you, what are you gonna get for Christmas? And she looks at me, doesn't miss a beat. And she says, anything I want. <laughs> I'm like, that was awesome. And, and it's not, and, okay, she does have her daddy right here, but she knows her dad loves her. Her and her dad have this incredible relationship. And she knows that her father loves her and that her father literally will give her whatever she asks for. And he can, he can get her just about anything, right? And she knows it and she's not afraid to ask him. And that's how God wants us to come to him, amen? That's why Jesus told us to be like kids, right? 
That's why Jesus told us to come to him like we're children because a child, a young child comes to their parent and says, dad, can you make, you know, um, uh, a flashlight with dragons? And you're like, yes, I can. And they're like, my dad is awesome, right? Or whatever the thing is. A friend of mine just told me that one the other day. His son came up to him and asked him, that's all he wanted for his birthday is, is a flashlight with dragons. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out, right? And, and to believe that our loving father wants to give us whatever we ask. Friends, God wants us to ask for more, amen? He really, he, he has more to give us. And the only reason we don't have it is because we don't ask. Don't let past missed expectations belittle your current requests, amen? That's not how it should work. Write them down. So here's a couple things practically. Write it on the front page of your Bible or put it in a page that you keep in your Bible and, and ask him repeatedly. For, for a few, start with a few things. And just ask him again and again and get your group asking for those things. Ask him to see, like we're praying that 100 people sign up for these DMI groups, right? These, these disciple-making intensive. We're gonna keep asking, believing God that he'd do it year after year after year after year. And, and guess what? He does because we, we keep asking him for it and he keeps delivering, right? He wants us to ask, what are you gonna ask for, for yourself personally? What are you gonna ask for in your family? What are you gonna ask him for? Who's that neighbor that you need to, you're like, oh Lord, I just, just could you just have my neighbor move? <laughs> Maybe, or could you flip it on its head, right? God, could my neighbor who's pretty crouchy all the time, could he come to know you this year? That would be amazing right? God wants to answer our prayers. He wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with your neighbor. He wants to meet with your neighborhood. What does he want to do in your workplace? What does he want to do through you per the nations? He wants to use you to affect the nations. How are you audaciously praying for the nations? With your roommates, with your family, with your MC? He's waiting, guys. He's saying, what do you want me to give you? Come to him and ask. Okay, he wants to give us more, more of himself, more of what we ask for. So the P is people, people. That's right. The whole thing stands for prayer. The P stands for people. The R stands for? Remember, the A stands for? Now, the person who said prayer at the beginning, I think, I hope that the person that was next to them heard them say, oh, okay, that was wrong. You know what? And then when, when R came, they said, remember, that's what God wants us to be like. Right, not like, oh, I screwed up. I guess I can't ever ask anything again or say anything out loud at church. That's not true. So whoever that was, thank you for that sweet illustration, okay? That's what God wants us to be like in asking audaciously. The why, the why stands for yield. The why stands for yield. He wants us to surrender the results. This one may seem like the opposite of building faith, but it's actually the key. See, in God's economy, we can have both great faith and yield the results to him. Amen? In God's economy, we can both have great faith and yield. They're not opposing. We can yield the results to him. And, and it's trust on top of trust. And what I mean by this is that when it pleases God, when we pray something and then start to act toward that thing, like we're, we're, whatever we're praying for, we act towards that thing. That's what faith is, believing and acting together. That pleases him, no matter what happens on the back end. 
And that shows and communicates our trust in him. And that's what he wants. Two examples from the Bible, and we'll finish up here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys remember that story? If you grew up in church world, these, these guys that had gotten taken in exile to, they were living in a place called Babylon, right? They were in a foreign land and this king named Nebuchadnezzar sets up this big golden idol and he has this sweet band and he says, sweet band, play. And then everybody's supposed to bow down to the idol. And these three guys who were from uh, Israel said, no, we're not gonna. We're not gonna bow down. And so they were brought in front of the king and the king said, I'm gonna give you one last chance. The band's gonna hit it and you're gonna bow down. And this is their response to the king, right? And the king said, if you don't bow down, I'm gonna throw you in this fiery furnace and you will die. So they had a very clear choice and listen to this incredible response. There's some sweet um, audacity in this one. They said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, here's the yielded part. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Do you hear both the audacity and the yieldedness? You see them both? We can have faith and be yielded to God at the same time. Jesus shows us the same thing in the garden when he was fighting to trust God, right? I had a discussion with a a young man after service and I don't know if it's fair. I think we can doubt without having sin, okay? There's some mystery around this one, but I think we can have doubt and still live in obedience to God because Jesus shows us it was hard for him to trust God in the garden. The garden is one of the clearest times we see Jesus's humanity. Listen to what what he says to the disciples who are praying with him right? This is Matthew 26, verse 38. Jesus came to the disciples and he said, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. You hear the struggle in Jesus, even to death, remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he, Jesus, fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. That's an audacious prayer that Jesus made to the father because this was the plan from the, before the foundations of the world, Ephesians says. And Jesus says, I don't know if, if I can move forward with this. I don't know if I can be separated from you, Father, for the first and only time in history. I don't know if I can take on the whole sins of the world. But then he yields and he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Yield to build your faith, yield surrender the results to God. You can believe God and yield the results to him and still have great faith, amen? Jesus, that's why this passage is so precious for us, friends, because Jesus shows us what it looks like. It's in yielding to God that we find the most intimacy with God. So it's so true. When we say, God, have your way. I don't know what 2022 is gonna bring, but God, have your way. So pray, people remember audacious yield. Friends, remember that prayer is about our relationship with God. At the end of the day, it's not about the things that we get or, or meeting our expectations. It's about us growing closer, knowing God more into the vine. He wants more of you, amen? I really hope you walk out of here knowing and believing that the Bible is so clear. God wants more intimacy with you.
He does. No matter what you did last night, he wants more of you this year. And prayer is one of the best ways to enter into that intimacy with him. So let's pray. God, we thank you uh, that we get to be yours. There's literally nothing better on the earth than to be yours. And, and we didn't choose you, you chose us, despite our sin and shame, all the wretchedness, all the terrible things that we would do in our life. You chose us on our worst day and said, I love you, you're mine. And through Jesus, through his life and death and resurrection and believing on him and him alone, we become yours. So I just wanna say thank you, first of all, that we get to be your children God, your clear message to us is to come to you and ask with that same faith that that daughter said, whatever I want. That's the kind of faith you want us to have. Put people around us that push us toward that kind of faith, that push us toward asking you for things that, that really maybe even sometimes seem a little crazy. You want more intimacy with us, God, so please come. Give us faith this year. Take away doubt. Help us to remember how you've been faithful in the past. We love you. We thank you for speaking to us today. All God's people agreed and said, amen.